Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. I'm guessing that many of you would like to have that same power. (laughs) I'm not going to call you out, but I'm just just guessing. (laughs) Grace and peace to you, people of hope and people who embrace joy and joy as well. Jesus was and still is a, say it with me, joyful presence. I mentioned this right off the top of the sermon because I think we forget about who he was and what he did while he lived in bodily form among us. Yes, we recognize that God is the one who creates, especially in the great litany of praise we call the creation story back in Genesis. But how many of you think about Jesus as a joyful sort of guy? Why aren't there any hands raised? (laughs) Yeah, right? Okay, so I have a favorite book of uh, 2021, and it's Sue Monk Kids, The Book of Longings. How many of you have read this book? Oh, right? Never going to be the same after you read this book. I just love one of the opening scenes that is described in great detail as Jesus is playing a game of yarn with his sisters. Sort of like, I imagine, Cats in the Cradle. You remember those games where you kind of move the yarn around? And he's in the marketplace with his sister playing this game, Cats in the Cradle or whatever, and absolutely splits his sister in half with giggles. And I love how that sort of like sets the tone for the whole book. Like, this is Jesus... This is Jesus with his sister. This is Jesus in a marketplace playing with his sister and having a delightful time. He teases her and sends her into a fit of giggles. What's that again? Jesus is a... Okay. In today's gospel, I always thought about Jesus as being the obedient son of Mary. Do you notice that she's never named in that passage? Jesus' mom, mother, mother of God. Now, Mary, you remember, just a little bit ago, encountered something extraordinary. This is probably 30 years ago, but I'm sure she still remembers it. And I bet you do, too. An angel went from God to a town called Nazareth to a woman whose name was Mary. The angel said to her, Rejoice so highly favored, for God is with you. You shall bear a child, and his name shall be Jesus, the chosen one of God most high. And Mary said, I am the servant of my God. I live to do your will. Okay, so she did that, right? She did that by having the Son of God, Emmanuel, God wearing skin, living among us. And now she's telling Jesus that the wine has run out, and he responds with, not my problem, not yours either. (laughs) Mary blows him off. Your servants do whatever he tells you. Ah, Mom. (laughs) 
the feel, at least to me, is that Jesus does this miracle a bit begrudgingly. I mean, he doesn't whine about it. <clears throat> you see what I did there? It's a different spelling, in case you're wondering. I know. You're welcome. Pastor Tanner, you're especially welcome. I wonder if he wasn't giving her a little grief like, Mother of God, why on earth would you think that their poor planet would be a burden upon my shoulders? All right, already, I'll do it. <laughs> ah, here's where the story gets interesting to me. What are ritual purification jars? Dr. Titus Kennedy, an archaeologist and author of Unearthing the Bible, wrote, and I'm going to read from him a quote, Stone vessels were common in Judea for ritual purposes, since according to the law of Moses, stone would not become impure, unlike often used pottery of ancient times. See Leviticus 6, if you're wondering where that came from. Additionally, running water, living water, was considered pure and collection of water in a stone cistern could be used for purification purposes. Also see Leviticus. In case you have a hard time sleeping at night, just read <laughs> Leviticus. <clears throat> this living water could be stored in a large stone water jar, which could function like a cistern. All right, we got that. While the use of stone vessels is not apparent in the Hebrew Bible and must be implied, sources in the Mishnah make it clear that this was understood during the Roman period. Now that goes on and on and on about all sorts of things, but I thought it was interesting as a potter and a, as, as a person who creates things that these stone vessels were made from limestone which is found throughout the region. If you've ever been to Palestine or ever seen pictures of Palestine, everything is beige. I mean, it really is. It's like three different colors of beige. There's sort of a pinkish, there's a beige beige, and then there's a white beige. There's a lot of limestone. So they would take these pieces of rock and they would whittle them away. They would chip them away to make these stone basins. And then if you were exceptionally rich, you could have your name inscribed upon said purification pots. There's all sorts of archaeological evidence that these go back years and years and years before even the temple was built. And I'm going to stop there because it goes on and on. But I will say this, and this is again Titus speaking. The Gospel of John records that the six stone water jars contain two or three measures each, suggesting that the six were slightly varying size. Now, this makes sense, doesn't it, now? Because if you have a big lump of stone and you've carved it, nothing's going to come out exactly the same size. What is the point here? They, these stone jars are often return, referred to as a crater or kalal, which is an Aramaic word used to denote a large stone jar for ritual washing. And it goes on with all sorts of different sizes. And then we get to the wine. The wine which represented the, the atonement on the cross through the blood of Jesus was clearly used to foreshadow the death of Jesus on the cross during the Last Supper. Then commemorated by drinking the wine represented 
of the blood of Jesus during the ritual of the Lord's Supper in the early Christian church, that which we will do in just a moment. So what is the point? There is a gift that is given when one purifies themselves prior to any sort of ritual. Now, can you imagine people lining up with their chalices, right? Looking for just a little bit more wine as they party on at this wedding in Cana. And now they're noticing that they're coming from purification jars. Can you see the ladle as they pour it into the chalice? Now, that's not only funny to me. <laughs> I could just see this whole line of people like, where did you get that really good wine? <laughs> did you see that? Which row was that in? <laughs> Can you point me to the designated area for the good wine? And people lining up <clears throat> and then recognizing that, hey, this is a purification jar. Now, y'all get uptight about getting the ritual right, right? But do you see what happens? That which was used for a rite became a way to celebrate and enjoy one another for a little bit longer. Yeah. What was Jesus again? A joyful presence. Party on, you who have gathered at the wedding at Canaan. You have been given a glimpse of what I am here to do, to be, to become a gift of living water so tasty that you will never forget it. Can you see those who have gathered at the wedding as they attend the next one? Hey, remember when we went to that wedding in Cana and Mary and her kid were there? Um, Jesus, right? And dang, that was the best wedding I've ever been to. How about you? Do you remember the wine? It was exceptional. <laughs> Indeed. There are surprises. That which was set aside for purification turned into a celebration of joy and it was delivered by a joyful presence. As we navigate this pandemic and all the struggles of learning how to care for our neighbor during good times and difficult times, I'd like us to all remember that Jesus turned purification water into succulent wine. This is the first miracle, and it only gets better from here. So stay tuned. A joyful presence will surprise and delight you throughout this time of epiphany. I guarantee it. And for this good news, we can all say, thanks be to God. Amen.